0: Hello, welcome to another podcast episode. Right, got my notes here, where are we? Weather report. Uh, Blue sky, one or two clouds. The temperature at the moment is 24 centigrade, which is 75 Fahrenheit. Uh, 53% humidity, (laughs) love all this. Barometric pressure, 1017 millibars, 1017 millibars. There we are. And it's a little bit drafty. The wind is, well, the breeze is from the west. The flag is just lifting, looking good. Feels very hot out there, actually, especially under our patio roof. It is a lot warmer. However, that doesn't affect me because I am in the air-conditioned high-tech studio. Now, you know that's not true, don't you? I'm lying. (laughs) I'm in the front room upstairs looking over to the north, at the uh, the sky above the South Downs, lovely. Right, news: hosepipe ban. There we are. It's in Hampshire, parts of Hampshire, and the Isle of Wight. Oh, by the way, it's midday. Uh, I don't know what day it is. I haven't got a clue. I don't care because I'm retired. I don't care what day it is. Right. Um, yes. So, hosepipe ban. I, I knew it would happen. Southern Water they supply the water to all us lot down here in Sussex and Hampshire, Isle of Wight hosepipe band from whenever and parts of Hampshire so it'll come over to us in West Sussex at some point it's bound to it happens every summer you know a little bit of warmth everything dries up I don't know what it is about our lakes we went to the wetlands at Arundel you know the wildfowl wetlands trust we went there yesterday really nice but you can see in the pools there are ponds and lakes and well, wetlands, (laughs) I suppose, you can see the water level's gone down. It has, it's gone down. There are patches of dry mud around the the edge of what was a small pond. And even the larger the lakes are beginning to go down. Now, this episode is all about vintage TV. Well, that's what I've called it. Several people asked me about the TV licence. This is why I'm all about tellies. Uh, Where are we? Alan, Dave, Rebecca, Bill... John Allison, amongst others, asked me, what is a TV licence? Do you remember I mentioned that last week, talking about TV licence? People around the world, obviously, I, I tend to forget this. They don't know what it is. I tend to forget that people don't know. You're, not everyone's in the UK. Someone in America or Australia or wherever, they're thinking a TV licence. Well, what's that? Some form of tax? You have to have a licence to buy a television? What it is, it's the BBC, Now, we pay for cable TV or satellite TV or both, if you want. (laughs) And on top of that, you have to pay a yearly license fee to the BBC. The reason being all other stations get their revenue from advertising, TV and radio advertising. The BBC don't advertise. You're probably aware of that if you listen to their radio around the world or whatever. There are no adverts. Which is nice. It's really nice not having your television programme interrupted, or seemingly, every five minutes. As you know, the adverts really are a pain. I'm always moaning about the adverts. Sometimes the adverts seem to be longer than the actual TV programme. They really are a pain. So BBC don't advertise. So where do they get their money? They get their money from us. The punters, the TV watchers, £159 a year is what it costs for a TV licence. And yes, you guessed it, people are moaning. They are complaining, £159 a year. And the reason a lot of them are complaining, as my mother said only the other day, she's paying a TV licence to watch repeated programmes that she has seen again and again, year in, year out. She said, how come I'm paying to see programmes that I've paid to see last year and I paid to see the year before and the year before, so it goes on. Now, let me just tell you a little bit here. There's a, in one of our newspapers recently, okay, here it is, I found it, uh, an army of pensioners mobilise against the BBC. There we are, 750,000 pensioners. <laughs> an army of pensioners, I love it they are refusing to pay their TV licence. After the free scheme was scrapped for over 75s, what happened was, for people over 75, they didn't have to have a TV licence. That's it, you reach 75, good, forget that, I've got to pay £159 a year anymore. Well then, over 75s have been able to watch ordinary terrestrial BBC channels for nothing for over 20 years, until all this happened, right? We're going to change that, and the BBC is now facing apparently a hundred and seventeen million pound funding shortfall if pensioners don't cough up. Well, what's been happening is pensioners—they've <laughs> said, "Well, we're not paying," and the BBC take them to court. So it's a right old mess. And the thing is, I won't read the whole newspaper article to you, but you know, the thing is, someone perhaps in there. Well, 70s, over 75, 80s, 90s. My mum's got to pay a TV licence now and she's what, 90, 92? I don't know what she is. 92, I think. And she's got to start paying now 159 pounds a year. I mean, okay, she happens to have got the money. She doesn't like doing it, but some people don't have that sort of money. They just don't have that amount of money. So the BBC threatened, well, I think they have taken some to court and are threatening to take more people to court you can get round it. Now, don't quote me on this. If you don't have a television aerial on your roof and you don't watch the BBC, if you're cable only, then I think you can get round it. A lot of people, one of our daughters, first daughter, she doesn't have a TV license because she is on, is it Netflix or whatever? I don't know. I can't keep up with all this. So she doesn't have to have a TV license. And you know that's that's legally fine. She won't get taken to court or anything. So she's okay. All this licensing business started. Now, I couldn't believe this when I read it. I had to look it up. It started, well, in 1904, the Wireless Telegraphy Act. Introduction of receiving licenses was implemented by the post office. That's the general GPO, the general post office. And I remember in the 50s and 60s, you had to have a radio license. I can't remember the dates, but... Uh, like a transistor radio, you had to have a licence for it. And the money from that went towards the BBC to help keep them afloat kind of thing, because that's the only money they had from the licence fee. The BBC was established, I'm just reading some notes here, in October 1922, and initially the broadcasts were funded by the sale of radios. So I suppose a percentage of the, the radio sale went to the BBC. Eventually, they stopped the license fee for radios because, well, frankly, it was daft. I've got some notes here. In uh, here we are looking, a TV license in 1946 was two pounds, a radio license was one pound a year. Let's move on to where's 1960 ish, that'll do. So, at 1963, radio license was a pound, TV license was four pounds a year. Uh, 85. Well, the radio license has gone by now. 1985, no radio license anymore. TV license is £18. Pounds. Oh, unless you've got colour TV. Yes, because the colour tellies come in. That's black and white. 58 quid a year for a colour TV license. I mean, black and white kind of faded out. I think there are still one or two around, but uh, they sort of faded out, didn't they? Black and white tellies. And then you come up to now £159 pounds a year. It's just been creeping up. So 159 now, and it started out for a telly, two pounds a year. (laughs) So it really has crept up and up and up. Of course, everything has. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, why don't the BBC advertise? Everyone advertises. Radio stations, TV stations, they all are full of adverts. I know it's annoying. They're full of adverts, and it really annoys people. But that's where they get their revenue. But the BBC won't do it. One of the ideas put forward, I think, by government or parliament, whoever they are, I don't know, some blokes in suits and white shirts and ties, you know, that lot that get overpaid and sit up in in the House of Commons or wherever they are. I think there's a suggestion that the BBC should be a subscription service, the same as Netflix, uh, cable, satellite TV and all that stuff. We pay so much a month for our cable. If we want the sports channels, we pay more. And I think that's where the BBC will end up. I think this licence fee thing will be scrapped. And then you have a choice. If you want to watch BBC programmes, you subscribe as you would to, I don't know, whatever else there is on there. There are so many channels, aren't there? I just don't know what's going on half the time. Tris says, oh, look what I found on Netflix. Netflix. Have we got Netflix? She said, well, yeah, of course we have. You know, we watched that film the other day on Netflix. Oh, did we? I don't know, do I? I don't know what's going on. Anyway, that's what it's all about. By the way, the AA, that's the Automobile Association in in Britain here, they have just issued an amber traffic warning for the next two days (laughs) because the weekend's here. There's too many people in this country, too many cars, and it's too hot. What that means is the roads are gridlocked. And apparently this is the first time ever the AA have issued an amber traffic warning. So that's interesting. We are not going anywhere. We're staying here. End of. That's a daft expression. Who who dreams up these things? What was it One I hated? Business as usual, wasn't it? People would say, yep, yeah, that's fine. BAS, business as usual. FAB, do you remember Thunderbirds? FAB, Scott. <laughs> oh dear, happy days just going back to the weather, Swanbourne Lake in Arundel. Have a look on the map. I used to say that a lot, didn't I? Have a look on the map, Swanbourne Lake. I remember, I don't remember which year it was, but it really did dry up. It's a huge lake and you could, well, you couldn't walk out because it was soft mud, but there must have been, I don't know, 20 feet from the edge of the lake to the water that was just dry, cracked mud. You know, these huge cracks like you see in deserts and things. And this is Swanbourne Lake in Arundel in West Sussex. I don't know which year that was. If you're really interested, put it into Google. I bet you don't. I wonder how many people now are typing in Swanbourne Lake, Arundel. Dried up, summer heat and stuff. No one. No one's putting it into Google because no one's interested. Growing your own vegetables. Now, this is interesting. Increasing amount of people are saying to me recently, We've started growing vegetables. friend by the other day, I've got some carrots coming on nicely. Someone else, I'm going to have, uh, what was it, cabbage and potatoes. It's because of the cost of living. Everything is becoming more expensive. Petrol now, good grief. I told you, didn't I? Two pounds a litre. I nearly said a gallon. I wish we were back in the days of gallons. I can't do these litres. Two pounds a litre, which is daft. Diesel, I think, costs more than that. <laughs> It's all gone mental. And as I said last week, uh, paraffin, kerosene, that's dearer than petrol. What's it like in America? I know I've got quite a few listeners in America. I know your petrol's cheap. What's kerosene like a litre? Perhaps someone could email me, just message me and tell me what it is a litre. So I'm going to start growing our own vegetables. I'm going to have a raised border off the ground. You know, I don't want to kneel down at my age. My back will go, my knee hurts. I'll kneel down there to tend to the lettuce plants. I won't be able to stand up again. I'll have to call Trish. Trish, can you help me get up? She'll say, well, where's your wheelchair? Where's your Zimmer frame? No, 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 it's not that bad yet. So I'm gonna have a raised border a couple of feet up in the air. Mainly, not just for my knees and my back, but mainly to keep slugs out. Around the top of the wall of the raised border, I will have two strips of copper Okay, now I know there's this copper strip you put round flower pots and things. They reckon slugs won't go across copper. Well, they do. Believe me, they do. I've watched them do it. They go across the the copper tape into the plant and the marigolds. We had 24 marigolds. We've got one left. And you can't see that because it's in amongst some other plants. They've eaten 23 marigold plants. I've watched them go over the copper strip. So that doesn't work. What does work is two copper strips side by side, say a quarter of an inch apart. Is that right, quarter of an inch? What's that in millimetres? I've no idea. Get a little nine volt battery and connect the one side to one copper strip, the other side to the other copper strip. Hello, email, news flash, news alert. And they won't go across it because they get zapped. They won't cross it. So that's what I intend to do. And we should save quite a lot of money actually I've been saying to Trisha, how much is this? How much is that? What are lettuces cost? How much are carrots and all bits and pieces? And I've made a note of the prices somewhere on a piece of paper, which it would appear I have since lost. <laughs> I don't know. It was up here somewhere. It was on the high-tech recording studio mixing desk on my old table here. So anyway, that's that's my plan. A lot of people next door, they grow runner beans and broad beans now he's been doing that for years and they get a load of them and he grows potatoes in they're kind of plastic tubs but they're not solid plastic you know like tarpaulin type stuff you fill them with compost chuck your seed potatoes in and leave them basically and then sometime later a couple of days later no a bit more than that you dig it up and you've got loads of potatoes i was going to say for nothing but almost for nothing so that's something I should be working on soon. And I will let you know what I'm growing, which you're you're fascinated, aren't you? You just can't wait. Talking of gardening and going back to the BBC, uh, BBC have things like gardener's question time, which is really good. And as you know, I've mentioned this many times before, uh, autumn watch, spring watch, winter watch. They're kind of nature programmes all about wildlife and all sorts. They really are fantastic and they are live programmes. So I do watch those and obviously they've got to get their money from somewhere. But I think they should advertise or do the subscription thing. I mean, other people would say, well, I don't want to watch Spring Watch. You know, I don't want to see squirrels coming out of the snow into the springtime. I don't want to see that. Not interested. So I don't know. They do say, I was listening to something funny enough on the BBC the other day about slug pellets. I think they've been banned now, slug pellets in, uh, in Britain. We didn't use them anyway, because uh, in our garden, we've got hedgehogs, we've got the rabbits milling around. There's all sorts, there's frogs. They don't want to start eating things that are contaminated. Frogs eat slugs. So if a slug's just been chewing on a slug pellet, the frog eats the slug. The frog gets ill or dies. So we've, we don't have any weed killer or grow more, is it called, to make your lawn weed free and make it greener and stuff. We don't have any chemicals or anything at all in the garden. So the only way I can do it is this twin copper strip thing, which will work well because they'll get one sniff. It's like electric fence. Yeah, one sniff of that zap. Ooh, I'm not going there. We've still got our electric fence for the rabbits. It It keeps the foxes out. Sadly, we've only got one rabbit left. Uh, When he goes, the fence will go because it keeps the foxes out. And I like foxes. I would love to see foxes in the garden. But obviously they will look at the rabbit and think, oh, look, Sunday lunch. (laughs) So that's not good. Oh, I've got a note here I nearly forgot. Hello, Janet. I said to Janet that she should take up writing. And she's doing that, apparently. She is writing a story, a short story, and she will send it to me when it's done. I've got a, an idea, knowing Janet, I won't be able to read any of it out on the podcast episode, but <laughs> have a go anyway, Janet, and I'll have a look at it. it would be really interesting to see what this story is all about. Going back to television, vintage television, again in the good old days when I was a, a child. Kids TV started at five in the afternoon and finished at six. That's when there was the BBC 6 o'clock news. So, of course, we'd finish school, I don't know, was it half three, four o'clock, over the woods for an hour, climbing trees, having great fun, sticklebacks, tadpoles, all this stuff, newts (laughs) in jam jars, back for five o'clock to watch children's hour. Then, six o'clock, dinner, and then, depending on how old you were, back over the woods until about nine o'clock in the summer, of course. Fantastic. There wasn't a load of stuff on TV for kids. Now, there are, how many channels are there? 24 hour a day, children's channels. Millions and millions of cartoons and shouting on and on and on. We were over the woods. I know I've said all this before, but I shall say it again, because I think that was good. That was far better for us kids to be over the woods than watching 24, Well, we didn't watch it 24 hours a day. You wouldn't do that but far better to be over the woods doing things, learning about nature, learning about wildlife, exercising, climbing trees, having fun, winding up the farmer. No, we got on very well with our local farmer. He was all right, but I do think it's a shame. You see kids in the park, perhaps they've gone to the park or the beach with their parents, and they're sitting there on their mobile phones. They're not in the sea. They're not mucking around in the park, having a bit of fun. They're sitting there on their mobile phones. It'll end in tears. I know it will. It'll end in tears. You mark my words. Who used to say that? friend of mine. You mark my words. He was always saying that. No one ever did. No one ever did mark his words. Nothing he said would happen ever did. I saw a thing about climate change the other day. There was a rock and carved on it was 1620. So that's the year, 1620, long time ago, hundreds of years ago. And that rock is at kind of sea level. And now, in 2022, the sea level is still up to that rock as it was then. Is that true or has someone just put that there? This is a trouble, isn't it? You never know whether things are true or not. You literally can't believe anything you read, hear or see these days. There's too many dodgy (laughs) narrators, unreliable narrators around, dodgy narrators. I got into trouble. I I didn't tell you, did I? My engine, I had it on the patio and it spilt oil. It dripped a little bit of oil and it won't come off. So I wheeled it off the patio. It's now on a paved area in the garden. And there are four or five spots of oil on the paved area. I've now found out where it's coming from. I overfilled something and it's been dripping out of there. So I've stopped it. But uh, that's not good. Not good for brownie points getting oil on the patio. I tried to disguise it. I sort of rubbed some earth into it with my foot, got a bit of earth from the border and rubbed that. But Trish saw it. She saw it. She said, look, there's more oil there. Oh dear. Now here's the thing about the engine and my ham radio stuff. They're hobbies, aren't they? They're hobbies. I'm not an enthusiast. I hate that word. And I'm not a hobbyist. I don't know why, but I've got a real mental thing about those words. People say to me, oh, are you a hobbyist? No, I'm not. Oh, you're an enthusiast. I'm not. I'm not enthusiastic at all about my engine. Well, I am, but I'm not an enthusiast. (laughs) Now, what I was going to say was, kids these days don't seem to have hobbies. I know they're dragged off to swimming, aren't they? Swimming lessons. And they're dragged off to horse riding, if you can afford it or whatever. But they don't have hobbies like we used to. Stamp collecting was boring, incredibly boring. I remember my mother was, it bought me my first stamp album and a little plastic envelope thing full of stamps. And I stuck them in under the various country names. Took me about ten minutes. And now what what happens now? Well you collect more stamps. Well where from? How do I get stamps from Africa or South America or Australia? Where do I how do I get stamps from halfway around the world? And you could buy them in the sweet shop. You buy packets of stamps with your pocket money, and then you stick those in. It's a total waste of time. No one was interested in that. But we had other hobbies, such as climbing trees and annoying the farmer. (laughs) But no, it didn't annoy him. He was all right. But actually, I think we did annoy him at times. But all sorts of hobbies. I got interested in radio. A friend of mine got interested in canoeing, of all things. His older brother had a canoe and he took it down the was it a kayak or a canoe? I don't know what it a canoe, I think, back then. And he he went in the sea in it. You know, he fell out a few times. He could swim, unlike me. And it became a great hobby of his into his teens and later on. He was doing this is it whitewater stuff, you know, going all over Wales and up to the Lake District or wherever he went. It was a really good hobby and it started off when he was, well, like me, what, ten years old, I suppose. My radio hobby started off when I was younger than that. My interest in pulling radios to bits. But I don't think kids have hobbies anymore. Things like marbles. All kids at my school, we all had marbles. We all had cigarette cards, fag cards. We got oh, I no, not to say that, fag cards. <laughs> cigarette cards, which you could also get in Brookbond tea. You open your packet of tea. There's all your tea bags in there. And two or three cigarette cards. And we would play games with the cigarette cards and win and lose cards. So that was good. There were things to collect. Do you remember Jack's? There were five, I think, little metal things, looked like stars, and you'd do things with them. You'd chuck them up in the air and catch them on the back of your hand and stuff like that. There were so many things that you could do board games and other games, loads of stuff. Roller skating. That was something a lot of the kids around my area were into. I was as well. I had a pair of roller skates, and I was up and down the pavement outside the house, really getting a good speed up. You know, we loved it. Then, of course, we had bikes, and so we we're all into our bikes, painting our bikes, fitting speedos to them, and mileometers and dynamos for lights. And oh, here we go again. That's an email, not a news flash. Haven't had many news flashes today, apart from the. AA, the Automobile Association, basically telling people not to go anywhere this weekend. In their cars, that is. One thing I really did enjoy as a kid, just going back to TV and radio, were the radio plays on the BBC Home Service. At night they had, what was it, armchair theatre? Or was that the television? I can't remember. But they had plays, radio plays. And they were fantastic, because I'd be in bed with my bedside radio, with a dial lit up you know the old valve radio this is in the 50s and there'd be a play and you'd hear someone walking along a, a driveway with uh, crunching stones beneath the feet now the bbc did all this in their whatever sound effects department and i remember seeing some documentary about it they had a tray a metal tray full of stones and a chap with a pair of shoes one on each hand walking on the stones. It would crunch, crunch, crunch with his hands. He wasn't walking anywhere, of course. And the sound was really, well, it was realistic. It sounded like someone walking on a gravel path. Then you'd hear a door open. You'd hear the catch and then the door, like that, you know, all these sound effects were absolutely fantastic. But the plays themselves were brilliant. I remember in in my bed in the dark listening, like what's gonna happen next? The door would open you'd hear footsteps you know they were really brilliant you could use your imagination that's what I liked about radio plays I still do I love radio plays or any just audio not not video yes it's great watching things on telly of course but I don't know there's something about listening to the radio kids don't do that you see do they they don't listen to plays on the radio or do they listen to plays at all anything like the old armchair theatre things like that i Now, now there's a news flash. Hang on a minute. Oh, I don't know. Someone's been suspended from some political party or other. I don't know what they've done. People are always (laughs) being suspended or being thrown out of various parties for things they've done. I don't know what's happened to politicians these days. But that was fantastic, though. I don't think kids listen to radio plays these days. There aren't that many around. You can online find some of the old plays from the, the good old days. And then, of course, there was all the comedy stuff on the radio. Round the Horn, The Clitheroe Kid, Hancock's Half Hour. I think that started on radio. The Goon Show, that was all radio, wasn't it? I don't. What's on the radio now? I don't know. I don't know what's on BBC Radio 4, which was the home service. I don't know what's on there now. Probably a load of rubbish. <laughs> that's, that's my opinion. I mean, I'm not saying that's what's on there. That's what I think, in case anyone wants to sue me. What I don't understand is comedy, today's comedy. There's a lot of stuff on the radio, a lot of comedian-type stuff. I've never heard of the comedians. I've listened to some of it, and it's just not funny. I just don't see anything funny in it at all. I just sit there thinking, well, was that it? Was that the joke? The audience are laughing. Well, I say the audience were laughing. I think it's just canned laughter, isn't it? They just turn the laughter on and off with a switch. <laughs> I just don't find it funny. The old days, it was funny. It was clever, cleverly written comedy. These days, I don't know, perhaps it's me. Perhaps it's because I'm old. But uh, I I just love the old stuff. It really is funny. The TV plays were good in the old days. A lot of the TV programmes were good. This is probably why the BBC, I suppose, and others, keep showing the same stuff. They keep the repeats going because there's nothing new. There are one or two new, well, I say newish things. I was going to say Midsummer Murders is new, but I think that's been going about 20 years. There's Vera. We've watched every episode of Vera again and again and again. And Midsummer Murders. And Poirot. Poirot Poirot's good. Miss Marple. We've watched every episode of Miss Marple. Even going back to the old black and white ones. We've watched those again and again. There's nothing new. Do you remember Dave Allen? Dave Allen would sit there on the stall with a, a drink, whiskey or whatever, and his cigarette. And he'd tell jokes, Irish chap, he'd tell jokes. And they were good, mostly religious jokes. But you couldn't do that, now. couldn't get away with it. John Cleese said recently, something about comedy has been cancelled. It's this cancelled thing, it's the new fad, isn't it? It's the new fad, that's the word, it's the vogue, isn't it? it everyone gets cancelled. Well, I don't quite understand. Well, I don't understand anything anymore, I have to admit. Talking to people of my age, they all feel the same. We all wonder what on earth is going on. What happened to comedy? It's gone. It's dead. You can't say this. You can't say that. You can't do it. Oh, dear. You have to be so careful these days. As John Cleese said, comedy's gone. Such a shame. I believe the Met Police, the Metropolitan Police, have got a new, what's he called? Commissioner? What The head bloke, whatever he is called. And he has started out his new job by saying they're going to, what the police are going to do now is go after proper crime, proper criminals, rather than, what is it that people say, hurty words, is it people get offended by hurty words or something. So instead of knocking on people's doors saying, oh, on Facebook or Twitter, you put this or you put that, you know, we've come to arrest you, they're actually going to arrest criminals, um, you know, like burglars and people that mug people and stuff like that. So that's probably a good start. I don't know where all this this hurty stuff came from, everyone taking offence. Honestly, if you go back to the 60s, the things people used to say to each other stone me. I mean, it was awful. We, we called each other all sorts of things. Talk about hurty words. <laughs> I don't know. The cops would have had a field day back in the 60s. And I've mentioned before, haven't I, the wolf whistling, whistling at girls or birds that we used to call them. Not allowed to call them birds anymore. <laughs> oh dear. Honestly, had people from today been able to, if they were able to go back to the 60s and just walk around the streets, go to the clubs, the pubs, they, I don't know what they do. I don't know, if they think it's a different world or certainly a more relaxed world. A freer word, you know, you could, uh, what is it? Freedom of speech, they're always on about now, aren't they? Freedom of speech. It was certainly free speech then. You could say, what you like to who you like? No one took offence. Well, not that I was aware of anyway. It's getting really hot in my air-conditioned studio. The aircon must have broken down. (laughs) Perhaps I ought to open the window. I might go out in the garden in a minute, have a little sit out there and uh, perhaps have an iced orange juice or something like that, lemonade, sitting in the shade beneath our fig tree. Our fig tree is now huge. And there's one down the road we noticed recently. We were walking round to our club. Actually, we might do that later. Walk round to the club, have a beer. I pointed it out to Trish, this fig tree. I said, look, what's that? She said, well, it's a tree. I said, yes, but what type? And she looked, oh, I see what you mean. It's a fig tree. Will ours grow that big. I said, well, yes, if we let it. uh, I do keep it. Cut down a bit. We've got a cherry tree out the front. Uh, if, if I didn't keep that cut down, that'd be about a hundred feet tall. Well, not quite a hundred, but uh, it certainly would. It would reach the telephone lines. Well, it, uh, they shouldn't be there anyway. Those telephone wires over at my front garden—that's my airspace. That's our airspace. That is. I shall complain to whoever it is. Ofcom? No, it's not Ofcom. I'll get the cops round here. They'll say, "Well, what do you want?" Well, look. Those telephone wires were in my airspace. (laughs) They'd probably arrest me. We didn't have telephone wires in our airspace when I was a boy. Actually, thinking back, we did. They come from poles and they stretch right the way across the road and across everyone's front garden, going to various houses. So we did have them back in my day, I suppose. Weekends were good. In the summer, Mum would make a picnic. We'd go off down the beach. It was only about a mile away. I'm still only about a mile away from the beach. We'd head off down there. Don't bother to take the car. We'd walk down there. It's only a mile. You say that to kids these days. Say, How far is it? Well, it's about a mile. <gasps> I'm not. Can't we go by car? I'm not walking a mile. Can't we get a taxi? <laughs> no, you can't. You've got to walk. We'd walk down to the beach with a picnic. Fantastic. The old wicker hamper. We'd sit there. We'd put a rug out on the sand and we'd have uh, sandwiches All bits of sand in the sandwiches and sand all over the place. Brilliant. Tar where the oil tankers used to wash out their tanks after stones on the beach were covered in tar. Bitumen, isn't it? It's called bitumen. No, it was called tar. Basically, it's oil that had kind of solidified in the sea and then washed up on the beach. But they were great days. There were kids with footballs. They weren't sitting there on mobile phones. I saw a birthday card the other day. What was it? Was it a birthday card? I think it was. And the joke was, uh, on the front was a, a picture of someone's dinner. Oh, it said something like, when you were 21, I would have sent you this picture of my dinner, but we didn't have mobile phones or whatever then. Oh, I don't know, I've ruined the joke now. I can't remember what it said, but it was making fun of back in those days, you know, if you wanted to show someone a picture of your dinner, <laughs> you've got to take a photograph and get the film developed. I don't know. Why do people put pictures of their food on social media? I, I hate it. I think what I will do in a minute is have a cup of tea. A cup of tea could be quite nice. Do you have tea in America? I think you have coffee, don't you? I don't mind coffee mid-morning, but early morning and afternoons, I think uh, us Brits, we like tea. A cup of tea, rather nice. You might think on a very hot day, you wouldn't want a hot cup of tea, but it actually cools you down. I did read somewhere years ago, probably back in the 1800s when I was there. <laughs> I read something about a hot drink will cool you down because your body thinks, oh, hang on, I'm hot. Better turn on the refrigeration plant and it cools you down. Whereas a cold drink, your body thinks, hang on, we're getting cold, I better warm up. Something like that. There's probably some truth in that, actually. Going back to television again, I keep digressing, I know. Going back to television again, I've just heard that what they're going to do now in places in court, high court, like the old Bailey in London, They go to televised sentencing. I saw earlier something on the telly. There was some judge saying to the defendant, uh, what was it, a life sentence, a minimum of 10 years in prison, after which time you can go for parole or something or other. And they showed the judge. And I, I don't know whether that's a good idea. I know in America, you have a lot of court cases, don't you, on TV. Do you in Australia and other places in the world, do you watch court cases on telly? I don't know that I'd be interested, to be honest. Even if it was some, oh, I don't know, famous type crime, I don't know that I'd want to watch that. Of course, what people have been saying on the news about it is it'll start off with just the judge, then they will show the jury and it'll go on and on. Do the jury want to be splashed all over TV, all over the world? Probably not. It might just start off with the judge doing the sentencing, but it'll probably end up in years to come, the entire court case on telly. I don't know, it's just, it's not my sort of thing anyway. No doubt some people will like it. I can smell cake. Trish is cooking cake. I do like cake. We had lunch out yesterday at a pub, the the Black Rabbit pub in Arundel. Did I tell you that? After the meal, I had three scoops of ice cream and the calories, it said on the menu, the calories, 900. Crikey. 900. I'm still losing weight. I was till yesterday when we went out. 900 calories for three scoops. Proper real dairy chocolate ice cream. Oh, it was lovely. So when I got home, that was it. That was lunchtime. We had our meal lunchtime. In the evening, we just had a bit of toast with Marmite. Do you like Marmite? Love it or hate it. I love Marmite. So today, Trish said, I'm starving you today. (laughs) Starving me. Well, I'm going to have a beer later because it's the weekend. I don't have beers in the week. We don't drink in the week. So it'll be a beer or two this evening under the fig tree. Oh, bliss. And the fig tree isn't far from the pond. So we've got the, the little waterfall there to listen to. Lovely. Talking of the pond, the tadpoles have gone. I didn't ever see that they grew legs and became frogs. They've all disappeared. I think the birds have eaten them. Apparently blackbirds like tadpoles. And I did see this one blackbird every day by the pond. I thought he was having a drink, but I think he was eating tadpoles. So that's the end of that. We've still got one large frog who hangs around. I think he's blind. I really do because he sat there the other day. We thought he was dead. So we waved our hands in front of his face. He didn't move. He didn't blink. He didn't move. We thought, that's it. He's gone. He's toast. (laughs) He's toast. He's brown bread. The next day he'd gone and then we thought "Well, something's eaten him, a hedgehog or something because hedgehogs eat frogs. Something's eaten him and a bit later that day he was back on the rock in his usual place in the sun. So I don't know, I'm not sure that he can see. Normally frogs, if we walk past the pond and they see us or hear us coming, they dive under the water. This one didn't, uh, didn't move, didn't bat an eyelid as they say. So it is quite possible that he's eyesight is not very good or he can't see at all i don't know hopefully he'll be all right going back to the old tvs and the good old days even when i was what 16 in the workshop in the tv workshop where we mended the old tellies because they went wrong every five minutes on a saturday afternoon there was thunderbirds and things like that stingray and uh, international rescue Oh, that was thunderbirds wasn't it And we used to watch that (laughs) in the workshop on a Saturday. It's made for kids. Some of my friends there were in their 20s or even older, and they watch it. So it wasn't only for children. You know, Thunderbirds was terrific. We all watched it. I remember one chap saying that this bridge collapsed, a metal bridge collapsed, and it blew up. There was an explosion where some of the, the big iron girders came apart. And he said, well, they wouldn't explode, would they, like that? There's no sort of dynamite in the bridge. And we would say, oh, no, no, be quiet, you're spoiling it. You know, it's fiction. Of course it would explode. <laughs> it was great fun. On Saturday afternoons, what they used to do in the workshop where I was, they'd pull up some old TVs on the floor, put one on top of another to make a table, then put some TVs round to sit on and they'd play cards for money, you know. <laughs> and they'd have beer, bottles of beer. They'd drag out a crate of beer from under the bench and they sit there all Saturday afternoon playing cards. I, they wanted me to join in. I didn't want to. I didn't want to lose my wages. I hardly earned any wages. I didn't want to gamble it away on cards. So I'd sit there watching International Rescue and they'd watch it as well. And they'd play cards and drink beer. Can you imagine doing that these days? Can you imagine in the workplace, playing cards for cash, watching TV and drinking beer? <laughs> it just wouldn't happen, would it? But it was fantastic. I loved work. I loved the TV workshop, mending the old tellies and stuff. It was terrific fun. It was, well, as the lads used to say, it was more of a holiday camp. We got the work done. Don't get me wrong. You know, We didn't just laze around all the time. We got all the work done as quickly as we could in the, in the morning. So we had the rest of the day off. Well, I say the day off, rest of the day in the workshop to do our own stuff. I used to build transmitters and things like that. And they used to build hi-fi gear, big amplifiers and put record decks into special cabinets and all these sort of things we used to do. It was great. I can't imagine anything like that happening at all these days. I suppose it was bad really, but it was good fun. (laughs) It's a shame it's all gone. These days you, you can't get away with anything at work, can you? Mind you, having said that, in those days... You get the sack. If the boss came in and he saw you doing something bad, right, that's it, you're out sacked. And that was it. These days, you can't get the sack. I know someone that was in a job and they said there was this chap there, not going to mention names or where it was, and this chap was absolutely useless. He'd been there for a decade or two and he was useless. They couldn't sack him because he hadn't actually done anything wrong. He was just totally useless at his job but they couldn't sack him. And I said, well, in my day, anyone useless at their job, that's it, you're out. How things have changed. I do miss the TV workshop, and I miss the programs on telly, but a lot of them are on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and look up, I don't know what you put in the search terms, old TV, old British TV programs or something, there are a lot on YouTube. And of course you can watch it on your telly these days, I find the programme on my iPad and then you can play it actually on your proper TV. So you've got the full-size TV and it's just like watching the programme back in the 60s. I love doing that. Laurel and Hardy, I like. <laughs> Tricia hates it. I just like Laurel and Hardy. But all the old programmes, well, not all of them, but a lot of them are on YouTube. Have a look at wherever you are in the world. Have a look at, uh, I don't know, old British TV programmes or something like that. And see what comes up see what you think it's now saturday and uh, where are we midday just gone midday saturday it's pretty dull out there it's very warm and there's quite a breeze blowing but uh, very very dull very overcast just going back to hosepipe bands there was a chap from the meteorological office uh, on the radio this morning and he was saying hose pipe bands aren't just because we've had two or three days of really, really hot weather in Britain, down especially down here in the south. It's not that. He said since the spring, we've had very, very little rain. That's what it's about. It's not the sunshine coming out and people saying, oh, look, it's 40 degrees. It's a record. It's 40 degrees. All oh, right, hosepipe ban. That's not the reason. It's obviously lack of rain for a long time, not just a few days. I must admit, I'm guilty of making fun of it. Hello, we've had sunshine now for two days. That's it, water shortage. That's not the case at all. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine this morning on the phone and he said he's just had someone knock on his door asking whether he wants to sell his car. I forget what car he's got. And he said, uh, no, no thanks. And whoever it was went away. So that's strange. I do remember back in the 70s, it would have been my brother. He had a, a Wolseley, was it a Wals? No, Riley a Riley 1500, Riley 1.5 saloon. And it was really nice. It was a lovely car. And he had a knock on the door and this chap said, do you want to sell the the car? And he said, "Uh, not really. He'd only just bought it. And the chap said, I'll give you a hundred quid cash now. (laughs) I think he'd only paid 50, 60 for it, something like that, a, a week or two before. So he said to this chap, why do you want this car? To be honest, the 100 is a bit high and I don't want to sell it anyway. And this chap said, it's just the very car I want. He said, the make, the model, the colour, is just what I want, and it's in lovely condition. And in the end, my brother said, oh, go on then, give me the 100 quid, and it's yours, which he did. <laughs> and funnily enough, my brother then bought the exact same make and model, the Riley 1500, for £75 from someone else. And the funny thing was it had less mileage on it and it was really in better condition than the one he sold. But isn't that strange? Friend of mine getting a knock on the door, do you want to sell your car? I can't remember what car he's got. I haven't seen him for a while. Obviously something sought after or just what this chap wanted. Anyway, he didn't sell it. Talking of selling things reminds me when I had a, a television. Now this would have been the 70s. I had a KB 19 inch black and white telly. And it worked really well. It was a lovely telly. And I advertised it for £10 because that's all I wanted for it. I just wanted to get rid of it. That was quite cheap, actually. No one bought it. How about that? No one was interested at all. And it was nice and cheap. So I advertised it again. Now, you won't believe this. For £23. Because a friend of mine said it's too cheap. I said, what do you mean it's too cheap? He said, well, people wonder, oh, what's wrong with that? I don't know, a bit cheap. I don't think I'll go for that one. He was right. I put it in uh, for £23 and the very same day I sold it. £23. Isn't that funny? That's psychology, isn't it? Anyway, I expect you're fed up with me now, so I'm going to disappear. And I shall see you on Wednesday with a midweek message. Don't forget to email me, raiserants at protonmail.com. Raiserants, or one word. Tell me what the weather's doing where you are, especially if you're outside the UK. It'd be interesting to see what it's like if it's freezing in Australia or on the equator. <laughs> Do you know I've got a bit of a, a rough voice again? It's all this rabbiting, isn't it? You should have told me to stop ages ago. Take care, look after yourselves, and I'll see you on Wednesday. Bye-bye for now.